Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are back with another live episode of Bully Ball. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez. Steph, your hair is looking incredible today. Did you just get a haircut? Um, I got a haircut like on Thursday or Friday. Nice. nice. Yeah. Well, happy belated birthday to you, my friend. Um, you're in your Magic Johnson year. The 30s are a glorious time because when you become 30, you realize how dumb you were when you were in your 20s. And every single year that you gain another year when you turn 33, 34, you're your best version of yourself. So I just want to make sure that we say that, Steph, appreciate you as always. You know, you're a great co-host, a great analyst, but you're a better friend. Thanks, man. That means a lot. But yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think you're still uh, you're still doing some uh, some <laughs> some what th- under 30 activities. No. <laughs> well, let's just keep it football. But I won't I will I will, I will not, neither confirm nor deny any of those those reports um, per sources. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Steph, I'll be honest with you, you know, this, this preseason game had a little bit of juice to it. And I've spoken to other 49er fans who have said, I, I was glued to this game, especially the ending, like it was a regular season game or like it was like one of a playoff game. And I think, you know, obviously we're not going to bury the lead. I think the excitement was surrounding Trey Lance. And I kind of wanted to start this by saying that I think because we live in the section of 49ers Twitter, we start to believe that all of the unfair and obviously like mind-boggling discourse around him is what many 49er fans believe. But 
if you listen to the ovation in the crowd and you look at the way that the, the team was was responding to him, 49ers Twitter is probably a speck of the 49ers fan base. And the rational, touching grass, th- thinking fans actually pulled for all the quarterbacks. And I thought that was really, really cool, um, Steph. Like, I thought that was really cool to hear the the ovation when Trey Lance got out there. And I think that we, because we're stuck in this little section of the fandom, which is on a social media platform, that it speaks for the entire fan base. And I don't think that that's true at all. No, it, it isn't. And in reality, even on Twitter, there's maybe only like four or five people who you know dislike Trey Lance and they make four that or five clear. but they're okay maybe there's slightly more I've only seen or interacted with about four or five of them um maybe you're in another pocket of <laughs> Fortnite's Twitter well, but here, here's the thing Steph is <laughs> all right when we when we get the film right like we break it down and we 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 post the clips yeah literally objectively I said this is exactly what you want to see from Trey Lance looking left to right and then letting it rip there are people in the comments, 30 other quarterbacks can make that play. Oh, my God, what are you oh, impressed by? Yeah, th- there is – objectivity is now met with just straight-up anger, and that's what I think I kind of mean. Like, it's not – and it's not even – it's always from a faceless account. It's always from someone who never has their face up, anything like that. It doesn't make any sense in any way that the discourse has now – forced objectivity to become completely lost. Like you can't even objectively say that was a nice throw by Trey Lance because you're so dug in on your stance and either you just hate the kid or you just want to be right. Yeah. I mean, I, I just saw someone compare a Brock Purdy throw to Patrick Mahomes. So I think like the, the delusions go both ways, but uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's definitely not how the team feels about Lance. It's definitely not how, you know, the fans or most of the fans feel about Lance. Um, and I, I, I agree. I think it was great to see the ovation that he got and also the, you know, Brandon Ayuk uh, drawing a penalty because he was so excited about the touchdown. Don't like, tell me the all. team's not behind him. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it's good. I, I'm not, I never entertained those conspiracy theories anyway that like, oh, like the teammates don't like him. They didn't stand up for him. So they must hate him. Uh, you know, all that. It's, it's just noise at the end of the day. Right. So let's start from the beginning of this game. Brock Purdy actually played. So I want to make sure that we talk about it since he is going to yeah. be the starter. I think for better or worse, Brock Purdy looked like the guy that we saw at the end of the year. This looked like the offense that we saw at the end of the year. Sands, Trent Williams, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey moved right down the field. Debo Samuel looked like 2021. That's great. But while this drive wouldn't make me say, hey, we're all the way back, it was encouraging to see. And if if Brock went out and he didn't necessarily throw the ball well, it wouldn't make me panic one way or another. But that uh, that looked awfully like the the offense that we saw early on. And if Christian McCaffrey was on the field and maybe Ty Davis Price could block someone, um, <laughs> possibly they would have been able to score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I, I really would have liked that drive to end in a touchdown. I think it would have it, it would have just uh, capped off that drive perfectly because it was a pretty well executed drive and it did look exactly like the 49ers did at the end of last season. And that is that they were missing some, some of the starters as well. Right. So I, I think it was, it was great to see Brock Purdy out there. And again, don't let the internet have you believe 
things that just aren't true. Like, I feel like the internet was telling us to panic about Brock Purdy because he's throwing interceptions in practice. Like, come on. Like, he's the same guy. And it is exactly what I expected to see out of Brock. He's going to be the starter of this team. He looks like he should be the starter of this team. And it, it was just people who are very loud on Twitter who will have you believe something kind of different. It's like, oh, like, is is Brock Purdy taking a step back because of his surgery? Like, I don't, I don't know. No, no. It's because you, you listen too much to like what people have to say on the internet. And sometimes you just need, I, I just simply feel like people forgot. People forgot how, how well Brock Purdy executed the offense uh, to, to end the season last year. Well, and my thing is, is this, I think a lot of people confused let's just say hesitance due to the injury and everything like it's okay to, to be conservative and it's also good to not just expect the young man to just be right back to where he was, where they were scoring 30 points a game at the end of the season. I think that that's fair in the same breath. While you can feel that you don't feel that the young man is going to fail. And, and again, I will go back to this point over and over, regardless of who the the, the quarterback is. Kyle Shanahan is going to have guys running wide open all the time and it's just all about executing and you know there was some discourse about well why didn't he call this play for Trey Lance he absolutely did on their touchdown drive like I I, like I I want to implore people can we watch the football games can we actually watch the games stop tweeting stop xing whatever it is I don't uh, just please let's watch the damn games the difference is one quarterback making it look easy because he's hitting that throw when he's supposed to and the timing is perfect versus a quarterback who is still, you know, getting into that rhythm, who is still figuring out the timing, who is still gaining experience. Sometimes it's it looks difficult when Trey Lance executes the exact same play, but make no mistake, Kyle Shanahan is calling the same plays. Literally the first play of last week's game uh, where Trey Lance well, was that the one where Trey Lance took a sack? I, I just know there was a layup in there for him, and he yeah. didn't take it because he was indecisive. That's the difference, and everyone goes to blame Kyle Shanahan because that's the low hanging fruit. Always look, Kyle Shanahan gives layups to all his quarterbacks, and that's why he gets frustrated when it isn't executed. So that's that's the difference, okay? It isn't because Kyle Shanahan is sabotaging one quarterback over the other. Stop it with that. And by the way, guys, that throw that was just up on the on the the screen right here, where Brock Purdy is is booting, you know, to the left, and they have someone else going the other way, but he decides not to take it to Ayuk and throw it to Brent to Juwan Jennings. I wanted to say Brandon Jennings. I don't know why basketball just came to my mind. Trey Lance did that in Houston against Houston, but hey, you know. Uh, Hey, uh, only when Brock does it, does it matter? And by the way, I've got a little rant uh, coming about Trey Lance's performance (laughs) and against third and fourth stringers because I think a lot of you forgot. And if you didn't forget, I'm going to remind you. But kind of think it's funny that, you know, look, that's exactly the right throw, and he made a great throw. But when Trey Lance makes it, oh, it was just against Houston. But I just literally watched Brian Baldinger throw up a breakdown about that throw, which was the second, you know, to the second read. And he's like, look at this throw. I mean, it's just, and I'm just like, all right, bro. Like, uh, you know, uh, maybe give some credit to the young man that actually did it too. You know, the, the younger guy that actually did it last year in a game that mattered too, you know? So the, the objectivity has been lost. Bottom line, Brock Purdy's back. 
I think we feel good and he's going to play a lot on Friday. Thank God this game's on Friday. So I can have like my Saturday and Sunday open to like do stuff. Um, that's the, that's the best part about this, but Brock Purdy's fine. I think that's great. Let's move on to Sam Darnold though. Um, maybe this isn't as much about Sam Darnold maybe than it is the, the coverage of it. And our, our buddy, uh, our buddy, Rob, I loved what he said about Tim Ryan because man. All right. Look, I know I catch a lot of heat for being a 49ers fan from the East Coast. And you can't be a 49ers fan because you're not from here. You don't know what's going on. How dare you say something about Greg Papa and Tim Ryan? They were absolutely glazing every little thing that Sam Darnold did. And this is the first time that I've been able to watch because guess what? I don't have to watch them because I don't live there. I watch Fox. I watch CBS. I watch Monday Night Football. I watch Thursday Night Football. There's always someone else that's on. I don't have to listen to them. But... Sam Darnold throws a touchdown pass to Coletto. Oh, my God. What a read. Did you see that? How quickly he got off the butt? It's a throw to the f***ing flat. <laughs> now, conversely, Trey Lance throws the same sort of pass. And it's, oh, well, you know, I kind of turned down a throw there. I, I, Steph, please. I mean, I mean, you're from Cali. Can you please give me some insight as to why I should give a damn what these guys are talking about when it was literally the same exact throw? I really and then Tim Ryan says Sam Darnold played under Pete Carroll at USC. In what world? What multiverse? I just I, I my God, like like I look. I know I catch a lot of heat. You don't know the vibes. You're not from here. You don't get it. No, no, no. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it. Please trust me. I don't want to get it. Steph, please give me a little bit of insight since you're from the bay and you're from out there uh i mean i feel like i i moved like just as you know greg papa was was getting his uh you know spot as the announcer but yeah i mean there's there's some bad in there and there's definitely some biases in there which i oh. don't i don't like i don't mm -hmm. like that when i'm watching like a game can we just leave the biases at the door leave those at home you know i, I don't i don't want to hear it it's just it, it is annoying it is um pretty clear that they like Sam Darnold. And I know, you know, Papa, I've, I've heard some of the radio interviews he's done talking about Darnold. It's like, again, people wanting to confirm their priors, you know, these, these guys are no better than us on Twitter trying to confirm their priors. Right. So, but I don't want to hear that from, from commentators and, and national media guys either. That's a whole nother topic right there. But, you know, I just wish like there would be more objectivity in, it, it's football. You're literally calling football plays, like call it how it is. It's like, can we, can we do that? So yeah, it, it is annoying, but you know, I tune them out most, most of the game anyway. So it doesn't bother me too much, but when I hear about it, yes, it, it is annoying. I'm pretty excited that, you know, I don't have to ever like listen to them. Like that's when preseason's over. It's uh, it's done. So I'm good. We go back to Fox and it could be anybody. We get to listen to Greg Olson, um, you know, Kevin Burkhardt, like, or anybody like, and as much as people crap on Joe Buck, I'll take Joe Buck and Troy Aikman <laughs> 8,000 times out of 8,000 times. There's no way you're going to convince me any different, but as far as Sam Darnold, same thing that we kind of, same kind of thing that we've seen, you know, some good, some bad. I, it, nothing moved me. Nothing moved me from what I saw. Nothing in that game said, Oh my God, look at him. He's progressing at 55 starts, 55 interceptions. That's one per game. If you guys are good at math. I know who Sam Darnold is. I don't care. You know, it, it, it frustrated me before this game because there was an article that Matt Mayoko put out 
that Trey Lance was going to play less and Sam Darnold was going to get more. Nothing like evaluating the guy who has head and shoulders more starts than anybody in this quarterback room and making sure that you get a good look at him because you have to get a good look at the guy who has 55 starts, not the guy that, you know, hasn't really had any reps that you invested in number three overall picking. It's very smart to make sure that you get more tape on a guy who's put out 55 games of you know, out there to make sure that you figured it out. So it's just, I, I, I still don't understand that, but okay, cool. We're done with Sam Darnold. Now let's talk about. Wait, could it, could it be Jay that the 49ers are, are showcasing, you know, Sam Darnold? Cause when Trey Lance played more, that's what I was told that it was because it, Oh, and when Trey Lance started first in the previous preseason game, I was told it was because they wanted to showcase him. And yeah, of course they want him to start to make him look good. So maybe in this case, like Sam Darnold is being showcased. I didn't hear one person say that about Sam Darnold, by the way, but that yeah. is the difference in what people say about either quarterback even though they they pretty much have the same situation and just the way people talk about him is different. But anyway, I, I totally agree with you on Sam Darnold. Throughout camp preseason, I've been saying this, there hasn't been anything that's blown me away about Sam Darnold. He had that one throw to Ronnie Bell in the previous game. Yeah, it was fine. It was okay. It was, But overall, it's pretty mid, like what Sam Darnold has put out there. And I, I've said it too. I think that... Sam Darnold, I fear that the team probably thinks he's a safer option just because his floor is a little higher. But I think Trey Lance has shown that his ceiling could be much higher as well. So at the end of the day, it really comes down to what the 49ers prefer in their QB2. What are you you giggling about over there? Oh, because I'm about to cook. Okay. Let's go. Steve Choi says... We're lacking objectivity on Sam Darnold. Well, let's objectively, subjectively look at this. Subjectively look at it, Steve Choi. Nice to see you, buddy. I'm glad you're watching. Hope you're having a great morning. 55 games, 55 interceptions, 35 fumbles. Objectively, Sam Darnold has been basura. If you don't know Spanish, that means garbage. Don't talk about objectivity when he has the longest track record of any of the quarterbacks. Literally 55 starts. Purdy has eight. Trey Lance has four. Brandon Allen has three. He is quadrupling their starts. When someone is trying to tell you who they are, let them. Sam Darnold is not good, Steve Choi. Enjoy your objectivity. I'm glad that you're here. I hope you have a great morning. And I hope that you learned something today. That's all. That's complete objectivity. It's not me. I didn't throw the interceptions. I didn't fumble the ball. I didn't see ghosts. He did. And there's no way that because now he plays for the San Francisco 49ers that I am going to now say, well, you know, he's a Niner now. Maybe he might be good. The man has not been good. Objectively, not subjectively, objectively. Have a great day, Steve. Let's keep rolling. Steph. (laughs) When it comes to Trey Lance, um, objectively, he had about four or five yes. turnover-worthy throws early on, including the interception. It just looked bad um, early on. And there was a little bit of feeling when Trey Lance was out there that he's losing his confidence. And like what Steve Young said on KMBR, hey, you know, the young man feels like he has to be perfect every single time. That's not fair. That's not fair in any sort of job, anything. Now. Is it fair? No. Is it really what's going on? It is. 
But Trey Lance has some throws that you're just like, man, is he going to bounce back, right? Okay. He did bounce back. And sure enough, Steph, the funny part about all this is when you get reps and when he gets into a rhythm, oh, wow, look how comfortable he starts to get. So I want you to give your your take on what you saw from Trey Lance because I do have thoughts because there's a lot of pushback on what we saw at the end of the game that has a lot of 49er fans excited um, because there were those flashes that they wanted to see. Yeah, I mean, you said it. There were I counted four turnover-worthy plays, uh, uh, and that is including the interception that he threw on the screen pass. Um, so there is some still bad mixed in with the good with Lance. I think overall, though, you do see some of that comfort settling in more reps that he gets, and I think that's what's encouraging. And I think also. Um, what was encouraging was the fact that he had to go out there and operate a game, a game scoring drive towards the end of the game. Uh, who could that could get you help get you the lead twice? Pretty much, he had to do that, um, and he executed those drives pretty well. So I think that said a lot too about how he can handle situational football because I think that's another thing that he hasn't really gotten the opportunity to show us. One in the games that he's been in, and also in practice, like you're not gonna really get those opportunities so I think that was great experience for him and I believe he said after the game like every every practice every game like every rep he gets he learns something new and I think we're we're seeing that in real time you know and I so I'm still critical of the slow starts um because I think at some point you want him to shake that off and you want him to go in and be comfortable from the very start but at the same time like I, I do know that he is still learning. So, you know, I, I give him that leeway, but at, at some point I want to see that change. I also want to see more um, accuracy. There There's some mistakes that he's still making out there. Uh, but overall, again, I think we saw more good than we did the week prior. And like I said, and like you pointed out, some of the throws that he's making, those are high-level throws, and they're difficult and not every quarterback can make them. So those things are very encouraging, and those things flash every time that he steps out there. So you you look at the good, and you look at the bad, and you think, okay, if he just gets more reps, he get those more reps, he can cut down on the bad, and that's what you hope. Um, but we won't really know for sure until he gets – more reps, which we know time is running out for him to get more reps because we're down to the last preseason game. And what's going to happen after that? He's going to be back in the bench. He's going to be relegated to uh, practice reps and not a lot of them. So hopefully he can do what he can with those limited opportunities. But based on what we've seen so far, I, I think that he can, he can continue to grow. I mean, we, we saw the decisiveness improve in this game. I, I do want to see him, uh, you know, manipulate defenders a little bit more with his eyes. We saw that on the touchdown play to Latu. Yep. That to was Latu. nice. That was nice. I want to see more of that because I, I think there were some opportunities for him to do that and on, on other plays. But overall, a lot of the things that I was critical for him about in the first preseason game, for the most part, he did change that time to throw reduced by nearly a second or almost like pretty much a second so uh that is a good improvement too Tra uh Kyle Shanahan said he wanted to see Trey Lance let it rip I think we saw him let it rip you know multiple times in this game so hopefully yeah. he can just stay consistent and keep doing that going into this third preseason game 
yeah, you know, I'm not objective, Mr. Confirmation Bias. I mean, you're more mad at me than the guy who throws the ball into linebackers' bellies. I don't know what that has to do with coaches or – I'm talking about Sam Darnold, by the way. Um, I'm not talking about – you know, that, that has nothing to do with the Jets receivers. Like, the Jets receiver didn't throw the ball right into, you know, the, the, the belly of, a, of a, a linebacker. The coach didn't say, hey, the play is to throw it to a linebacker. Sam Darnold isn't good, Steve Troy. If you're here to troll, I, I actually appreciate it. But you really can't. This is the hill. If this is the hill you want to die on, like go for it. But this ain't the hill. JJ, also, when you were talking about yak numbers, kind of funny how this offense is predicated on yak. Jimmy Garoppolo was a product of it. Brock Purdy's a product of it. But now it's a problem that Trey Lance got yak yards in an offense that's literally designed to get yak yards. It's literally okay. the offense. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, man. Like, like, are you guys here to really talk? Are you guys just making stuff up? Because I'm not here to play. And you're not going to win because I have a microphone and you do not. So you will listen to every damn thing I have to say. Okay. With Trey Lance, objectively, there were throws in there that are still concerning. 100%. 100%. And it's more about right now with the things that you wanted to see from him in terms of, like you said, Steph, processing, right? Everything that that was said about him in the Raiders game Oh, he's not processing quick enough. Well, he did. And then now let's address the third string quarterback thing. Last season, there was a quarterback who performed very well against third and fourth string uh, players, defenses. And that young man's name was Brock Purdy. But yet, it was, man, Brock looks really good, man. Should we, well, we got to look at him. I mean, you know, but it was never, it was never, well, he's going up against third and fourth stringers. If we're talking about confirmation bias, anybody bringing up third or fourth stringers kind of forgot what happened last year with Brock Purdy because that's exactly what happened and got you excited. So stop letting me cook. Let's have rational conversations. This is too easy. I'm frying right now. I'm baking and I'm chilling too. It's a beautiful day, 1125 on the East Coast. But last year when Brock Purdy did it against third and fourth stringers, you guys were like, man, I don't know. We might have a guy. Trey Lance does the things that you were complaining about that he wasn't doing, which is processing, holding safeties with his with his eyes, moving back right and throwing the football to them. And yet it don't matter. Sounds to me like there's a narrative that you want to perpetuate. Sounds to me like you want to you want to make sure that you're right, but not get it right. That's all. That's it. Objectively, Sam Donald's been bad for 55 games. There's no way to spin it. There's no way to spin that. Trey Lance has not played. Objectively, Trey Lance did things that you were looking for him to do, which was progress, look down, not stare down reads, not look skittish in the pocket, actually throw the ball when, when hits were coming. All those things happen. All those things happen. Objectively. That's it. So for me, it's kind of weird to hear people downplay what Trey Lance did when last year – Everybody was like, well, Brock's kind of a dude, man. Look what he did against Houston. Look what he did against Minnesota. But that was third and four stringers as well. And I think it goes back to the discussion surrounding Trey Lance. And the discourse has gotten so out of control, has gotten so out of control that now you're talking out of both sides of your mouth now to try to just find a way. Everybody's going to find a way to be right, like, you know, one way or another. Hey, uh, well, whatever. Trey looked good, but it was just practice. Uh, Well, Trey looked good, but it was like third or four stringers. I would actually prefer that you say, I don't like Trey Lance and don't want to see him succeed because that would kind of 
that would kind of like make that would kind of like make me feel better about it. He's been terrible, Steve Troy. He's not he hasn't been bad. He's been terrible. He's been really bad. 55 interceptions. Let's do math. 55 interceptions, 55 games. That's one per game. Now 35 fumbles. Now you do the math on that. Does that scream good quarterback to you? And if it does, Steve, you might want to watch another sport. Anyway, let's talk about we're, something we're, that I think. We're talking about QB2s, by the way. Yeah. We're arguing I mean, nobody, about backups. Nobody, nobody, no fan base cares more about their quarterback two, quarterback three, or kickers more than San Francisco 49ers fan base. But Sam Donald isn't starting any games, hopefully. Let me, let me ask you this question. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Let me ask you this question. Isn't the... Isn't the the secondary now turning into probably the most interesting thing going forward right now? So the game starts out, Ambry Thomas starts outside, who actually really started really well in that Raiders game. Diamondola Nor kicks inside. And doesn't this now feel like it's an evolving situation here now? And it's something that we kind of took for granted. Demo outside, you know, Mooney outside, Isaiah Oliver inside because of the way Steve Wilkes was talking. But now doesn't it feel like this last preseason game is really up for grabs when it comes to like the three, the three like cornerback spots? Yeah, it does. And I think what kind of initiated that was Isaiah Oliver underperforming to his expectations, right? When they signed him uh, in free agency. So that has opened the door for some other guys to emerge. And both of those guys, Ambry Thomas, Samuel Womack have stepped up. So you get both of those things uh, together and you're going to have this flexibility of moving guys around and seeing what you have in these guys. And I think it's a great situation. And because I think what Steve Wilkes is going to want to do, he's going to want to move guys around based on the matchup. And he even mentioned, uh, he was talking about Isaiah Oliver and how like, he still thinks that, sorry if I'm misquoting, but he said something like he's, he still thinks that Oliver can play some nickel, uh, based on the matchup. So it, it it's going to be all dependent on who they're going up against and which player on their secondary matches up better with who they have. So I think that's great too, because it gives you options. And Isaiah Oliver being depth, I think he'll eventually, you know, get his head back in the game. Clearly right now it isn't, but that's fine as depth and, and Amber Thomas and Womack stepping up. That's great. And if you could get your three best guys on the field at the same time, that is a great situation for the 49ers. And we've kind of seen the 49ers do that with their linebacker group, how they have three really good guys. And right now we're seeing like Jalen Graham, maybe potentially sneaking into that as well. Um, 
But yeah, having those options, having that depth and guys stepping up in these moments has been huge for being able to see what you have. And so I think as the season goes on, we probably do see some of those guys uh, getting mixed in there, depending on who they're playing. Yeah, and when you when you look at the way that this game started, right, like especially coming off the Raiders game, Ambry Thomas seemed like he was gaining steam. Didn't have the best game, though, Steph. Did not have the best game. Um, I believe that he was dinged by PFF for his coverage grade. I think it was 25 is what he got. And that is based on the 150-yard grab where he jumped on the double move and he had a penalty as well. So, honestly, it – it's still evolving and it's still going. I think the bigger concern, and I kind of pointed this out, is with Isaiah Oliver and his missed tackle, his missed tackle numbers increasing, the, the percentage increased every single year since 2019. Now, there's some, there's some context that needs to be thrown onto that. And what the context is, is the amount of snaps. But I did think it was a little bit startling because it is right there for everybody to look at. And while he's been hailed as a guy who is great in run defense and is, is just like a, a great run defender, here are the numbers. 2019, Oliver took 927 snaps, 11.3 missed tackle rate. 2020, he took 831 snaps, 11.8% missed tackles. 2021, 15.4% missed tackle rate on 161 snaps. Obviously, he got injured, so it's 161 snaps. And 2022, 17% missed tackle rate on 349 snaps. Every year, it has increased. Every year, it has increased. Now, Ambry Thomas didn't have the best game, um, but I do think, and I want to, I just want you to, I want to throw this out there as a hypothetical in regular base defense. When you have three linebackers on the field, you have two corners, two safeties. It could be Lenore and Ward starting right away. But when you do get into those nickel situations, when you have to bring a nickel on, what are the chances that Diamandu Lenore kicks inside? And then Ambry Thomas goes outside for those plays because then you only have him on the field for a certain amount of plays and you're able to at least shade somebody there because if Demo kicks inside, Demo's a, a, a top end slot guy and he can cover tight ends, wide receivers, everything. Steph, would you ever see Steve Wilkes maybe employing this kind of strategy when it comes to these guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he wants to move guys around because I think it. he also wants to bring an element of you don't know who you're going to be going up against um, on any given play, right? So I think there's there's a little bit of a chess playing for, for Wilkes. And so, again, like to have these group of guys and, and more than three of them being good enough to potentially, you know, go play outside or inside. I think that that gives them a lot of options. So yeah, I could see it. And I think for Ambry, like that would be a great uh, chance for him to, you know, grow his confidence too, uh, as long as he's earned it. And, you know, based on everything that's been said about Ambry, it sounds like he is earning it right now. So uh, yeah, I mean, Lenore, I wasn't a huge fan of Lenore being on the inside just because he played so well on the outside, but he did well uh, in this past game playing inside. So I think that, yeah, I mean, it gives him options. So he he's just as good at nickel and that's a tough spot to cover in the first place. So if he can hold that down again, it just, it just gives you options. And uh, look, while we're on the subject of the secondary, uh, I I would kind of like for Quantrez Knight to get a look and and possibly make this fifty three too. It's going to be tough because there's a lot of guys you know competing. They may try to sneak him on the PS. I think though, right? Don't you? But think? yeah, the, yeah, because there's so many guys like ahead of him. 
But Quantrez Knight, what I love about him is that he gives you so much positional versatility, and that is going to come in handy. If he continues to improve, again, like we're talking about the 49ers like, and, and Wilkes wanting to play different guys in different spots for different scenarios, like Quantrez Knight is like the perfect guy uh, to be able to do that. Um, and that's kind of what they had with Jimmy Ward last season, right, where they were putting Jimmy Ward wherever because he could play so many spots. Not, I'm not saying Quantra's Knight is at that level yet. I'm just saying from the positional versatility standpoint, he could give you that. And hopefully he could continue to improve. And uh, hopefully we see him on the field sooner than later. Yeah. And again, you know, Steve Wilkes is a DB guy. Um, I think we voiced concerns in the offseason about like, hey, what's going to happen if Diamond Lenore or Ward misses time? I don't know how it's going to go, but. Embry Thomas's development in games has been such a surprise and such a good thing for this secondary, um, especially while we're waiting for Nick Bosa to sign and, and panic is starting to set in. Steph, do you have any inside info like of how this is going? I mean, he's in New York right now. Do you want me to go? Do you want me to like leave now? Do you want me to go like link with him and, and, and go find out? Like I, I can go right over. I'll be over there in like 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So just go do that. You know exactly like what building he's in and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man. It's New York Listen. streets are talking. I can I can just I'll find a way, man. <laughs> no, yeah. So he's in New York, and you know, I guess the like the notable thing about that is his agent, you know, is based in New York. Yes. So they're talking, uh, clearly. And I don't know. Does that mean something's gonna happen soon? I don't know. Hopefully, we'll see. Maybe Nick's like, oh, here we go again. Like you, you're not getting this done. I gotta step in real quick. So. Uh, hopefully that's what it is and hopefully something gets done soon because we are getting real close to like the start of the season third preseason game Nick would obviously not even play in the preseason but still you would want to have him back at least at least a week before uh, week one to get acclimated to the team has he even met Steve Wilkes yet like <laughs> that's that's my question like he he hasn't learned these new wrinkles uh, I, I would hope they've been in communication, you know, virtually, but as far as being with the guys and learning what they're doing uh, this year, you need to be in the building for that. So hopefully he can, uh, he can join the, the group here soon. I was not worried until I saw Matt Mayoko talking with Jennifer Lee Chan and he said, how can you not? be a little worried now at this point and I was like wait what like hold on like why would you say that (laughs) Um, like why would you say that Matt like of all the people why would you say that um I still think that this does get done but you always have to run the risk of you know ramping back up soft tissue injury things like that like I think that's something that's a little bit lost in it look obviously Matt Miyoko said the same exact thing he he's never played in the preseason game ever since he's been here that's fine but yeah, you know, I, I think what we're seeing now in football is a little bit of shift and players taking more power and doing things that normally wouldn't be done, especially considering that there's that that whole caveat of this being his fifth year option and he be, him being able to not be fined, all that stuff kind of gives him an extra luxury, right? Like he's not someone who's holding out, continuously getting fined, things like that. So um, I still believe in my heart of hearts it gets done. Um, I just don't know when. But yeah, on August 22nd, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to sit here and act like fans shouldn't be at least a little concerned or or think about it a little bit more because we've all kind of just brushed it off like, nah, it'll get done. Don't worry about it. It'll be done. I'm not worried about it. You know, it's just for me, 
I, I think you, you should be thinking about it just a little bit more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, some other good news from this game. No real injuries out of it, obviously. That's always what you want to hear. Always. And the offensive line, the starting offensive line, actually played very well. Cole McKivitz had a very good game, it looked like. They were out there for, I believe, 12 snaps altogether. Sands, Trent Williams, obviously, who doesn't need to play. You know, I, I don't need to see him out there. That's really good. I think everybody's kind of eager to see Colton McKibbitts, and he did get a chance for all the people. Well, who's he playing against? It was against the Denver starters, so he actually looked really good Like when it came to that as well, too. So that's something that's very good. Um, the running back room now seems like it's going to be replenished a little bit more. Elijah Mitchell was back yesterday at practice. Sounded like he got some glowing reviews for how he's been cutting out. Obviously, we know it's not the talent when it comes to Elijah Mitchell. It's just you know injuries. The Ty Davis price thing, I kind of want to dig in just a little bit more with you and Steph. Um, the glowing reviews from training camp, the improvements, no block, no rock. And the mm -hmm. easiest way for you to get thrown off the field or get thrown into the doghouse is to whiff on blocks. You heard Kyle Shanahan say, I got scared to death. I wanted Brock to get down. TDP, you got to get a body on that on that free rusher, man. Like, you you cannot whiff that bad. Um, I I think this is, I don't know so far, but I haven't seen everything that everybody has seen from training camp from him. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like it's, we're talking about training camp hype and it has not translated to the preseason at all for Ty Davis Price. So when Elijah Mitchell gets back, your pecking order is McCaffrey, Mitchell, Mason, and TDP. And he's back to the spot that he was in before, before he got all these glowing reviews in training camp. By the way, Jordan Mason did an incredible job blocking he got a huge uh pass uh pass blocking grade from pff jordan mason is way hard way harder to get you know push down on this roster than tdp is at this point and i think if i recall like jordan mason like it, it took him some time to get you know pass pro down as well and that's why everyone who was clamoring for jordan mason to get more snaps early uh last season that that's why he wasn't really getting on the field because he still needed to get that down so hopefully you know jordan mason can have a little talk with tdp because yeah that that pass protection needs to be on point if he's gonna get snaps in the regular season so i'm with you it's cmc elijah mitchell um i i i don't know i might put tdp over jordan mason on the depth chart but in a real game situation 
I'm putting Jordan Mason ahead of TDP, if that makes mm. sense. Um, just because, yeah, I mean, the running has been fine, I think, in the preseason. He he looks like a better runner than he did last year, and he, look, he looked fine in camp, so that has translated to me. But, like, the pass protection it is an issue, and, and like we said, no block, no rock, and that's how it is uh, with this offense. Man, there, there's some good uh, running back coaching on this team, so I do believe that TDP will eventually, you know, get strong in that aspect. But until he does, he is not going to get snaps in the regular season. And this is, again, the reason that Elijah Mitchell is ahead of, um, you know, him and, and Mason in uh, the depth chart. Not just because he's a great runner, but because he is a really good pass blocker as well. So, uh, yeah, that that needs to get squared away. I'm not too worried about it being an issue in the season because, again, he's not going to get that opportunity in the regular season to begin with if he's going to be whiffing in the preseason. So CMC, Mitchell, those are going to be the guys that are going to be featured, and I'm cool with that. As long as Elijah Mitchell, like we've been saying, if he can stay healthy, which has been the biggest issue with him. But clearly the 49ers feel good about their death because they did – uh, wave Ronald Awa and they also waved um, Laybourne. So that tells you they, they feel good about the guys that they do have on this team. Uh, so that's probably how who they'll keep on the 53, what we have right now. Yeah. I, and again, you know, I think it's more about third round pick, right? Again, here we are, third round pick, and we still don't know what he is at this point. And it's just, what is it about the third round? that this, you know, this continues to be an issue. It's like, this seems to be like no man's land. Shout out to Tig, though. Tig uh, saved another touchdown. Possibly, if you want to frame it, save the game, you know, allowed, you know, him to be able to, to end it, Trey Lance, because he did save the touchdown, and then the clock ran out. Shout out to Tig. He's always hustling. Um, Ronnie Bell. I, I mean, I think aside from the drops, um, you know, the drops that lead to interceptions, I mean, what else can you say about this guy? Like, he looks like he is trying to be Debo Samuel. And you've heard Debo Samuel say kind of been like a big brother, little brother situation. 49ers have kind of struck gold here. No no pun intended with Ronnie Bell, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they have. I'm really excited about him. I mean, he just looks natural out there. And he looks like he belongs on this team, just the type of uh, role that you would imagine him having. Uh, he's a yak bro already. Like that's pretty incredible for him to be contributing this early. And I, I kind of think he might just skip the the rookie doghouse right away. I mean, that's crazy to say, but he has definitely stepped up with the injuries to Ray McLeod and now Danny Gray. I mean, he's going to need to step up, right? So I, I think definitely he has earned himself a spot on the roster. Yes, you do want to see some things cleaned up, like the the drops. Um, and I believe he had a fumble as well, right? So mm -hmm. those those mistakes can be cleaned up. But overall, I'm really impressed by him. And, and he seems to be every quarterback's best friend on this team. Like, they'd be looking for him, uh, and, they, and they find him open. So I think that tells you, too, that everyone's really comfortable with – him and what he brings to the table uh when he's on the field so yeah like he's a natural and he he kind of put the team on his back those last two plays uh that that set up the game-winning field goal so man it yes he's gonna he's gonna get some playing time he might eat into uh Jawan Jennings playing time this year maybe maybe 
it's kind of where I was going with it. Um, you know, concentrate on the jugs machine. Make sure you keep your eye on that ball a little bit more, young man. But it seems like Ronnie Bell's a natural fit to take over for Juwan Jennings. The one thing that we do know about Juwan Jennings is that he's a dog run blocking. So yes. have I seen that necessarily? I don't know yet. But in terms of like third down clutch, maybe getting a few yards after the catch is kind of what Juwan Jennings is. Um, it feels like with the way Jawan Jennings has kind of progressed with his contract, he still doesn't cost much. Someone's going to throw him some money to to maybe give him an increased role. And with the way the 49ers are up against the cap, it certainly feels like the 49ers are preparing to let him walk. And Ronnie Bell could be somebody who fits right in. So it's exciting to see that as well. It really is. So I, I think that was, again, He's stacking these preseason games. It's going to be hard to make a case to keep him off this roster at this point. Um, but it's exciting with the ball in his hands, man. And I think that was that's something that was really cool. Um, Even as a returner. Yeah. I mean, I mean uh, well, all right. So we could talk about that. Deshaun, J- Deshaun Jameson. Uh, muff, muff. Yeah. This <laughs> literally a week Not after great. we were praise, singing your praises. It's like this week. It's like, so let's do this. So it doesn't sound like I'm picking on anybody. Let's do special teams as a whole. Special teams was not great. Um, punt returns, tough. Wisnowski. Oof. Oh. <laughs> what Jake are you Moody. doing out there, man? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Jake Moody, thank you for making the kick, but did you have to make it that close? <laughs> um, I just, it's so, Yeah. <laughs> And Rob puts up, is Richard Hightower still coordinating special teams? No, it's uh, it's the former Seattle Seahawk who's probably acting like a double agent trying to sabotage um, the 49ers in the way he's teaching it. No, I'm just joking, obviously. But uh, special teams has to be a bit of a concern, right? Like, it just has to be a bit of a concern because I know we make a lot of jokes, or I do, about, like, kickers and stuff like that. But flipping the field, getting advantageous starting points on drives, that's important. That's important. And it's little things like that that can change the way that drives are looked at, right? Like if you need a big kickoff return and you're able to start at the 40 and you, you have 30 seconds left and you can, all you need is like 20 or 30 yards to get into field goal range to win the game. Those things add up. They absolutely add up. And when you're turning the ball over on like, you know, muff punts and things like that, those are backbreakers because what happens on the next play after Jameson fumbles touchdown, those are backbreakers. Um, so Steph, look, not going to overreact. I think we still got a ton of time to figure this out, right? I think Jake Moody's still going to be fine. I think Jake Moody's still going to be fine because um, he has to be. Um, but where's your level of concern right now with special teams? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty concerned, but at the same time, it is preseason. So I don't know how much that has to do with them looking this shaky because I, I don't know how much game planning really goes into special teams. Like, I, I just – I don't know. I, I would imagine there's some degree of that that goes into it. So maybe that aspect of it is because there's, there's no game planning in these preseason games. Maybe that's why. But it is concerning and, and something that you want to see improve. What's especially concerning to me, though, is because special teams has kind of been always iffy with this team for you know, the last few years. So it's not something that you want to see have regressed. Like I think last year was decent. And, you know, uh, Robbie Gold was great. Uh, but, you know, now with everything else, Wisnowski look has looked terrible, you know, quite honestly. So I don't know if he's just trying new things out there and it's just not working for him. But it that's concerning to me because 
field positioning is huge in, in the NFL. It often goes uh, unnoticed or underappreciated, but it is huge in the grand scheme of things. Uh, so that needs to get cleaned up. Jake Moody, I'm I'm not as I guess concerned about him. I think he'll he'll figure it out. Um, I do like that the 49ers made it a point to get him that game-winning field goal, put him in that situation because he was iced twice in the previous preseason game and he missed both, right? So I think it's just trying to get him in those situations to test him out, see how he's going to do. And he made it happen. He hit that one. So hopefully that's a the stepping stone to you know continue that and keep his confidence up. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the first, uh, the extra point that he missed was more so like the wind really caught it. And so that, that'll that just come with experience. Oh, don't roll your eyes, Jay. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think- No other kicker missed extra points. I don't want- Oh my God, go, just go. <laughs> the wind, Jay, the wind. You the didn't wind. see the wind oh take it. Oh my God, it's windy wind. candlestick all over again. My God. But he doesn't have a lot of experience at Levi's yet. So I'm, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned because I think he'll figure it out. Okay. Have him call Robbie Gold. Like, see, see. Robbie Gold's hanging wind. up the phone. <laughs> I, I think the Broncos might sign him actually, but um, I still got yeah. the Cowboys. I still got the Cowboys giving okay. Robbie Gold a call because I mean either one. I mean he's gonna get a job. He he yeah, will. He but uh, yeah. So I'm I'm not worried about Moody. Okay, I I'm, I'm not, not worried that there will be, be some up and downs. I think, but overall, I think we should be concerned about special teams just because they have not improved through two weeks of the preseason and you're on your last one before week one so they need to get it together Wishnowski, whatever you're doing stop you need to go opposite george and see if that works and and you know stop stop trying to do these fancy puns because they're not going anywhere buddy no uh movie's gonna be fine you know, we make a lot of jokes. It's fine. It's still preseason. Like, it doesn't matter. When the lights go on and he makes all the kicks, who cares? Like, if they actually matter. Like, joke, like not like not even joking, like, at all. Like, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Um, but the, the Wisnowski thing is, is frustrating because it's like, dude, you've been a punter here, like, for how long? Like, come on, man. Like, you know, shanking punts and putting it up 20 yards. Like, come on, man. Uh, that's not worth the draft pick. That's, I mean, it never was. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know, man, at this point. Like, it's just, again... The, the use of, of draft picks, I'm not going to back off the process. It's fine. You know, Jake Moody's going to be fine. But I'm just like, come on, man. Just punt the damn ball as far as you can. Booming onion. Like, what are, what are we doing here at this point? Um, all right. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, yeah. oi, oi. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. All right. I love bringing that back, actually. Um, so let's pivot a little bit to Friday's game. The Los Angeles Chargers will be playing the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers sound like they're going to be playing the starters a little bit more. I want to ask you this. Do you feel concerned about the defense in any way, even though they don't have Nick Bosa, right? There was a little bit of Russell Wilson doing something that is very annoying, which is like gaining yards with his legs is, and again, it's preseason, no need to overreact, anything like that. Where's your level of confidence right now? Because for me, I've kind of put it to a point where I don't think the 49ers need to be the number one defense to win a ton of games. They can still have a regression and be top five and win a ton of games because their offense is going to pick up the slack with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is going to be the starter, barring some sort of injury. Nobody else is going to play. And that should be comforting at this point, especially like as much as we like what we saw from Lance, the inconsistencies are not enough for you to deal with. And obviously the other guy's not going to play. So Brock Purdy is going to play, you know, with Christian McCaffrey, with all the weapons, everything with Kyle Shanahan as a play caller. 
So maybe if there is a slide on defense, the offense can pick up the slack a little bit. But what do you? What's your level of confidence with the defense? Um, my confidence is still pretty high. Like I'm, I'm not really concerned about them. There is some concern with like the depth, just because like when they're all out there, that like the second third string unit, there doesn't seem to be a lot going on there uh, as far as uh, getting into the backfield and and creating pressure. So that's where I'm concerned. But at the same time, like I said, with the offensive line, there's not going to be a scenario in which your entire second, third string unit is going to be on the field. Okay. We have starters for that. So that doesn't concern me too much. I think they'll figure it out. Javon Kinlaw, uh, because of his first preseason game, he didn't play the second um, because of an illness that concerned me, but he's not a starter either. So, you know, that that's a really you know minute concern uh so i think overall i'm i'm fine once nick bosa gets back you see what javon hargrave was doing out there i mean Say he's his nickname, getting because it's so cold uh jawgrave digger that so that's the one thing like if that came from tim ryan and uh papa then cool that, yeah I got yes, that. yeah yeah that that was a good nickname jawgrave digger like that's that pretty name. good that's pretty good that's a cold <laughs> ass nickname yeah, it is. And you and you see it when he's on there. Like he 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 gets into the backfield. So you add Nick Bosa into that mix and it's gonna be problems because you're gonna have to choose which one you're gonna double team, and that's just gonna open up the other guys. So pick your poison. And I'm excited to see both of those guys next to each other once the season rolls around. Uh, but also like I'm banking on the secondary being better this year too. I mean, just with Steve Wilkes in the picture, I think that's gonna improve. Uh not one ounce of worry for the linebackers. They're going to be solid. They're going to be good as ever. So you put all of that together and suddenly you're back being one of the best defenses in the league, you know? So, and I agree with you. I think they don't necessarily need to be the best, but I want them to be the best. You know, they, they, they brought Hargrave in here to improve. They, you know, they brought Steve Wilkes in here to improve the secondary. And I think overall, they should be about where they were last year, um, if not better. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not concerned about them uh, at all. So, yeah. And Rob has given us the word. Uh, Greg Papa and Ryan did not come up with it. It says, wow. uh, when I first got to South Carolina State, my friends called me Grave because of my last name. In my first year on my first sack, I smacked the quarterback. I knocked him back a few yards. When I got back to the sideline, my defensive coordinator called me Grave Digger. It was pretty dope to me. It's stuck. So there, uh, we've solved That's, that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, I knew that, that was too Rob. good to come from yeah. Papa and, and and Tim Ryan. Thank you so much for that. Um, <laughs> what I do want to see is there is a little bit more game planning in a dress rehearsal. You start, you're going to start to see, yeah. you know, a little bit more when it comes to that. So, you know, again, um, I think with the level of talent that this team has, I do think that we're kind of discounting losing D'Amico Ryan's for Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes is going to be fine though, by the way. But for me to automatically say that Steve Wilkes is going to be better than D'Amico Ryan's is me taking a bit of a leap of faith um, as opposed to something that I kind of know. And that's just not because of Steve Wilkes or how I feel about him. It's just because of how highly I regard D'Amico Ryan's, who is somebody who, you know, fans wanted to fire after every first half and, you know, would literally turn it on in the second half as well, too. And it's the reason that he got, you know, a head coaching job. So um, I think it's going to be fine. I don't think it's necessarily so bad or anything like that. The only thing that would concern me just a little, just a little, was the the Russell Wilson gaining yards and having like the the middle of the field wide oh, yeah. open for him. I to didn't run. even like, address that. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of that. got to slow down. 
about that, like, I'm not concerned about that just because it is a preseason game, so you're not going to game plan, and why would you put all all of those resources into trying to stop Russell well, Wilson in a preseason game? But also, I mean, yes, it's a concern. They were leaving lanes gap integrity. for him. Just, yeah. Just, yeah, but, just but that's something that, like, you would prepare for. You, you're playing a, a quarterback that's mobile. You prepare for that in the week. So, like, they're not doing that for a preseason game. Like, what for? Russell Wilson just played – how many series one or two so like it's not really a big deal um i think they'll clean that up once the season gets going i'm not worried about it yeah i mean again it's it's hard for you to to make hard assumptions about preseason i think there's not too much that we could learn i think the only things that have really arisen now that we probably didn't know was you know the nickel cornerback situation which seems to be evolving you know as we see it go through um it seems fluid um, the offensive line seems to be fine. They had, they, you know, they went up against a stout defensive line like Zach Allen. They have, they have some studs over there in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and Colin McKibbs looked good. That's great. Haven't seen Christian McCaffrey. Not too worried about that. George Kittle, once he gets ramped back up, he was actually practicing yesterday as well too. I think he should be fine. I, I mean, the important thing is the team's leaving with no injuries. The team doesn't have anything that's really concerning. I think the last little loose end is let's get Nick Bosa in here. Let's get back to work. And let's uh, start cooking because we have to get ready for Pittsburgh, which is a game that I become increasingly more concerned about the more that I talk about the game and I start to watch them because they've got like defensive linemen that are like fourth round rookies that are like behind and they're like they're making incredible moves like this is going to be an immediate test for the 49ers right away and Colin McKibbins and his offensive line. Yeah, it was unfair that they uh, drafted Nick Herbig um, and he already looked Did you see that? Back? Oh God, that was like a veteran move right there. So yeah. yes, I, I am concerned. And this offensive line does have to be, you know, on 10 toes when they play the Steelers week one. Uh, but we already knew that, right? We already knew that was going to be a tough game and, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I'm sure, you know, me and Jay will preview that one. Uh, but I think overall, yes, this third preseason game to me is important just because this is your, uh, I don't know, you're, you're catapulting into the week one and the start of the season and you can't afford to start slow. We keep saying this every year. So this preseason game, treat it like a real game. All right. You, you saw how hard the Ravens were playing and in, in, in the commanders yesterday. Well, Charlie. they had, they have a, they have a winning streak. So I know, I know, but that, see that that's nice. I like that. I like that. Maybe, maybe we need to get a streak going uh, for the 49ers preseason streak, even though it doesn't mean anything, but it does help. Cause once week one comes, you're like, all right, we've been doing this. Right. So I want to, I want to see some of that energy in this uh, third preseason game. I'm excited. My goodness. Yesterday I was so close to just betting Ravens money line. And I was like, as soon as I was about to put the bet in, I said, you know what? This feels like the time that they're probably going to lose a game. The one time that I bet on a preseason game, which, by the way, guys, send me that gambling number so I can, like, you know, make sure I call them because I have to figure out, like, you know, what that is going <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so glad I didn't. And sure enough, our old buddy, 49ers legend Joey Sly, threw up the L yes. and he hit it for 47. Look at our kickers, finding them anywhere. That's the show, by the way, y'all guys. Make sure you guys like this video, subscribe to all the channels, hit that notification bell for when we go live. Make sure that you find the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcast. Make sure you follow Steph on Twitter at Steph49K. Make sure you follow me on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called at Jason Aponte2103. I hope you guys have a great week. Friday's the game. That means you get to enjoy Saturday and Sunday with your family. And then, Steph, the week after that, we have football. 
on Thursday. Ooh, Real football. Let's the go. Detroit Lions against the Kansas City Chiefs. My life is complete. I didn't realize how much football keeps me in line, out of trouble, and brings <laughs> structure to my life. But we made it. And we've done it. So. Uh, you know, I'm really, I'm really loving that meme that that people have been putting out, where it's like, "Thank you, thank for, you like, for saving, saving my, my life. life." And it's like, I'm literally a football. I'm literally a football. <laughs> that's literally me. And then the only other one that I like that's better than that is um, all my problems, all my anxiety, all my. And then it's the guy slapping the thing on, and it's like NFL football. That's literally what we're doing right now. But uh, for Steph, for Jason, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.